What is up, everybody? This is the Wild Nutrition Podcast, and I'm your host, Chris Heskett, and this is episode nine. Today, I interview my good friend, Coach Leanne. She owns the coaching company, She Who Dares. You can find her on Facebook, Instagram, and just about every other social media platform. We've been friends for like a year and a half now, maybe a little over that. Uh, She has a very interesting story. You'll find out through this podcast. I think she'll explain it better than I can, but uh, we're going to talk about movement, nutrition, mindset, sobriety with her, if that's a key into how things are going to get interesting. So without further ado, let's get into this interview. What's up, Leanne? How's, hey. how's it going? Good. All right. So tell us a little bit about you and your story. Oh boy. Okay. Um, (laughs) so my story, you never know like where to start, like what's too much information and what's just the right. You you have quite the story. I will say that. So, so just so the audience knows, we met through a, um, a business mentor like Mm -hmm. a year and a half ago. So, and you were starting off your, your online coaching business and yeah, you have quite the story. So you can kind of pick where, where you want to start i'm sure other aspects of your story which kind of makes up your brand will come out later in, yeah in the episode. yeah there's really no shying away from it um i don't i'm not i'm kind of an open book so so the start of it let's just jump into it um my let's see i my so my mom i've always come from a healthy family background like mm-hmm. my mom was a very healthy nurse she i come from a medical family so right. she she used to do things like trick me and call yogurt pudding, right? It, it was pudding until I went over to somebody's house and they actually gave me pudding. I was like, this is not what my mom gets me. <laughs> so I had a healthy upbringing, but then once I got into my twenties, I did completely the opposite. You know, I, I totally rebelled and ate all the fast food and I ended up uh, dancing. So I was a um, showgirl at the great Alaskan Bush company up in Alaska. And that was so much fun. I absolutely loved doing it. I enjoyed my twenties, but I also did not take care of myself. Like I was not the best version of me that I definitely could have been. So fast forward 10 years of doing that. Um, I decided that it was time for a change. I was ready to start a family. I was ready to settle down. I met my husband and that's the kind of the route that we went. So I became a mom. Like I I knew from the beginning that I wanted to be a stay-at-home mom, that I wanted Mm -hmm. to be super invested my mom was a baby boomer, is a baby boomer. Um, she worked really, really hard. That's their love language was working really hard, but they weren't really around as much. So mm-hmm. I knew that that was really important to me with my kids. Got it. So that's, okay. that's where I, I started with kid number one. And then after kid number one, I joined the company that I eventually became employed with. I joined mm-hmm. a program called Fit for Mom. So we were working out with the babies in the strollers kind of mm-hmm. just doing a little bit of this, but it was more for me, commodity, getting out and meeting new people um, because I had left that dancing industry and I needed to find healthier options, yes. right? Um, so that's what I did. And then the weight really just kind of stayed. And then I got pregnant with kid number two. And okay. after kid number two, I was like, okay, 
I'm going to be a marathon runner. Like I'm going to run forest run. And that's, that's what everybody does, right? Like we, we run until we die and then we get super skinny. I feel like so many people go that route. Like I, I want to get in shape. So I'm going to run a marathon. Right. Like the extreme. Right? Run forest run. And I don't like, I don't half-ass anything part of my language, but I'm, I'm not a half person. Oh, you, you can curse here. Okay. Um, so I, I do everything to the full. And then when my body started yelling at me, I didn't listen to it. I reverted back to like, you had children, like you can run, you, like ignore that pain that's yelling at you until the pain kind of became debilitating and mm. I no longer could run. Yep. So then my dreams were crushed. I thought that I was just going to be overweight for the rest of my life because if I can't run, I won't be able to lose weight. Like, I, mm -hmm. I don't know any other way around it. That's just, that's all my knowledge was at the time. So I tried also the, um, I was doing like still running through the pain, trying all these things to help with the pain. Then eventually started the diet pills because the running wasn't working. Two hours of cardio a day wasn't working. I don't understand why it's not working. So I fell victim of the, you know, the MLMs and the diet pills because that has to work, right? Like it's a multi-million dollar company. Why wouldn't it work? Well, it didn't work. It didn't work at all. Um, so then fast forward a little bit. My kids were then now around five and seven. And I was really frustrated with mm -hmm. the industry, with the knowledge. I didn't know what was right, what was wrong. Everything I was doing was wrong because obviously I wasn't losing any of the weight. Yes. So instead of hiring a personal trainer, because that wasn't even like on the radar of like lifting weights, wasn't even like, I don't want to be the Arnold. I don't want to be that. Right. But I did know that I had to get education somewhere. So I had to teach my, I had to learn. So that's when I decided to dive into actually personal training. My mom mentioned to me, she's like, you love being at the gym. You're there all the time. Why not get your education in it? So that's what I did. And I decided to work. There was several different gyms in our area and I kind of interviewed, they interviewed me. I interviewed them. And the best fit for me at the time was the YMCA because I loved just giving back. Like to me, it wasn't about how much money I was making. I wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. I was able to bring my kids with me to work at the YMCA. They could stay there while I trained my clients. It was just an overall really big win uh, working Solid. for them. Yeah. Um, I got lots of experience. I had all different kinds of clients. I had a couple of special needs clients that I loved working with. I worked with families that were... Um, their children were in the 80th percentile for like their BMI. So they were mm -hmm. for obesity and the program was um, partnered with children's hospital. So that was awesome to be having them uh, come together with this curriculum. That was just amazing. So I loved working with the families doing that. Um, but then at some point working for the YMCA was just being really stretched, really thin, kind of, yep. kind of doing a lot, lot, a lot, a lot. <laughs> And then the kind of the, the lockdowns happened in 2020. And I knew that I wanted to continue my education. So I got my precision nutrition because I had the fitness part of it down. Um, but I really needed to, I felt there was still some missing pieces, mm -hmm. especially with me. There was missing pieces with my clients. Why were they not getting the results? Um, even though they were working out three days a week. So I knew that there was still more. 
So I got my nutrition um, certification. And then after that, I kind of had a little bit of a light bulb moment about nutrition and okay. the things that I was doing to my body. And when I found out that your body burns alcohol before it burns, like if you worked out all day and then you have some cocktails at night and you're not eating your dinner because you're drinking your cocktails and you're like snacking on this as you're cooking, your body starts burning the alcohol and doesn't burn the fat and build the muscle. Yep. Yep. So that was what was keeping me back over six years of being in the gym, not just not weight training, but also my nutrition in drinking. So I decided to finally give it a second try. Cause I tried once in 2020 to, to stop drinking. And it wasn't like, I was, I wasn't like, I didn't have a problem per se. Like I was, you know, I didn't drink during the daytime. It was always at dinner time when, you know, it was just a couple drinks, but it was still five, six nights a week. It was still enough that, like I said, I don't do anything half. So I do it all the way. I, I was yep. the type of person I know that I can't have hard alcohol in the house because I would want to, like, if mm -hmm. I got super stressed out with the kids, like, I'm just going to go make myself a little mocktail. Everything's fine. Mommy's mommy's and mimosas, right? Like that's the wine culture. That's the mommy yep. wine culture. Like it's ingrained and it gives you permission. It gives you grace and it gives you like forgiveness for doing these things that really aren't serving the best purpose. Like it's not, it's not. Mo mommy wine culture is one of the worst things out there right now. Yeah. It's it's, and it blew up in 2020. Oh it, it, my God. Yes. It, it, was... it makes me really sad. Um, when, when, once you can flip the script and realize that our kids don't, they're not the reason why we want to drink. The reason why we want to drink is because we have shitty coping skills mm -hmm. and that's not their fault. That's not their fault. They have nothing to do with that. Um, so yeah, so I got sober in 2021 and realized that I can do hard shit. Like I've always known that I could do hard things. Like I'm from Alaska. Like that is the, everything's hard there. Like you're <laughs> from Pennsylvania yeah. and things up there are just, it's harder there when you're in the cold and the dark. And um, yeah, Alaska's way harder. <laughs> <laughs> so I knew that I could do hard stuff, but, but really getting sober after drinking for so long, um, really gave me the strength and the confidence to take it another step further. And that was to be able to, cause what I was doing at the YMCA wasn't filling my cup. I wasn't able to help them all around. Like it was only this and the women at fit for mom that I was working with, I forgot to mention that. That was the other thing was the fit for mom. Um, but all of these women and men that I was helping, I wasn't able to get that full picture, the full mm -hmm. stuff. And then, um, once I realized that there was a world of online coaching where we could like really, really, really help people with more than just like, this is what I think you should eat, or this is what your macros should be. Like, I'm actually here for you every day as an accountability person. Mm -hmm. And I can take that one step further with some of my clients that are on their own sober journey where they, they don't have anybody in their corner that understands their struggles or that they're ready to talk to about that yet. So I've been able to help um, women in that aspect. So is that who you primarily like work with that are women who are kind of going through something on their own, whether that be 
trying to get sober or some other personal It does feel like a common thread that they feel alone in their world. That, that, um, I honestly, I have, I have all different kinds of clients. I have some clients that don't have any, um, addiction issues. Actually, that is not true. Their addiction is working out. Their addiction is going too hard, doing it too much. And they need somebody to tell them to back it down. You you don't have to do this every single day kind of stuff. Um, some of my clients actually have a gambling addiction. So, mm. but I am not a therapist. I am not a counselor by no means. I am not like, I do not have any recovery certification. All I have is my own personal experience of like 680 something days now sober. So, Congrats. I, I mean, that's all that, thank you. That's all that I am for people is just um, somebody in their corner to no judgment, no judgment. Um, but yeah, I, I really, I do enjoy working with, with women that are ready to make that change that, that recognize that it's not serving them a purpose anymore mm-hmm. and they want support in that. And sometimes they don't have that support at home with, with their spouses or like pretty much with their spouses, or if they even, some of them live alone, some of them aren't married. Some of them don't even have children, right? I don't just serve moms. I think that um, all women deserve the same amount of attention, whether you're a mom or not. So so do you, obviously you're not a therapist and neither am I, but a lot of times our job feels like you are a therapist, um, which quite a few times this year, I've referred out to therapy groups. Um, but what do you do? Do you help develop any coping skills with your clients who you feel like they don't have them down yet? And that's why they have these addictions. And if you do, What's that process look like? One that one thing that that has worked really well for me that I recommend to my clients um, when they're struggling with their addiction, whether it's the gambling or the drinking, um, the thing that keeps them back is what we call playing it forward. So okay. you you have it in a movie in your head of what does that look like when I do that thing. So what does it look like mm. when I go to the casino? What does it look like when I sneak that shot of whatever. What does it look like when I do this? And then the next step. So it's not just that. Like, okay, so then what does the next half an hour look like? And the next half an hour after that, do you stop it just one? You don't. We know you don't because if you did, you would, we wouldn't be here. So you have that second one. And then what does that look like? And then that third one. And then by the time you play it so far forward and you're like, yeah, that doesn't look, it doesn't look like it did, like the feeling, yep. the feeling, the craving, the desire, the want, the, your brain saying, I need this dopamine. I need this rush. I need this hit. If you can look at, get past that for two seconds and, and play that movie in your head of what that looked like, especially the worst time that it happened. Like, did you get into a fight with your spouse? Did you get in a fight with your child? Did you um, get in a fight with somebody that you cared about? Right. Um, Mm -hmm. were you really hard on yourself? Did you, did it put you through a downward spiral spiral that took you weeks to get out of? Do you want to go through that again? Is it worth it? And making that choice. So playing it forward in their head. And I've had a lot of clients say that that really helped them. It it helped me, but it's also helped them a lot too. I I like that. Just play it forward. See, like, like you said, what does that look like? And it's, not saying no, it, but you are making that decision like, hey, if I do this, because I know 
like I I drink. Um, I know like if I have a drink, I'm not going to have one. Generally, it's going to be two two drinks at least. Um, so it, it, I like that. I know that about myself personally. Like it's either none or it's two. It's never mm-hmm. one. Um, and I'm sure that many of your clients and many people listening can also relate to that. Like I've known people where they're like, yeah, I just had like one glass of wine. I'm like, I don't like no one. I'm not that person. No. I, I can't just have wine. I, I can't just, just have one. I mean, yeah, I like, I, I can stop. Like I've had like a drink earlier on cup, like two drinks early on in the night and then stop drinking and stuff. But it's always like, it's never just one drink. <laughs> Yeah. Nope. I'm not, I'm not good at one. And I was never a good sipper, like having the whiskey and just sipping the whiskey. I never drank for the flavor. Like I drank for the effect, just like coffee. I don't drink really for the like straight up coffee. If you, if you have to add a whole bunch of shit to it, then you don't like the flavor of coffee. You're not drinking coffee anymore. Speaking of which, I have straight espresso (laughs) here. There you go. So yeah, we drink the things for the effect. The flavor is sometimes the bonus. But that wasn't my jam. Like I was just a straight shooter. I, I never had like fruity, fluffy, fun. No, just the waste of space. <laughs> it's awful. I, it's- I can sip, um, but it's still like once you. So I used to do like, oh, I'll sip, and that slowed me down. It did for a while, and I'm sure, like, if this is you listening, you you might be able to relate, or you might be thinking of this process, like, oh, this might be a good idea. So. I, I like a good whiskey. I like brandy, cognac, um, even like really good rums and sip on it. But that only lasts so long until you get used to sipping on it. And then it goes down much faster. It's like, right. wait, that used to take me 30 minutes to drink. And now it's like, oh, oh, this this was a bad plan. Yeah. Or you start with the, the I used to really like warmed Grand Marnier, just mm-hmm. in a sipper yes. warm. And those are really nice to have like two of those. But after the two, I was like, all right, can I get a margarita now? Like triple shots. Like now, like that warmed me up, but now let's get to like the real stuff. Yeah. It, it wasn't just going to be those two. Okay. So I, I like that. Cause that can, that can work whether you have addiction or not. If you're, yeah, you're thinking of like, should Anything. I eat this thing? Like going to the mm-hmm. pantry and grabbing snacks, like you can play it forward. And even though it's not an addiction, it's like, I know I'm going to feel guilty 30 minutes after eating this. And then I'm going to feel sluggish because I'm going to get a sugar crash. Then I'm probably going to need some sort of coffee or something, or I'm just not going to feel great for my workout later on. And I could see how that would be a really helpful, like, just skill to have regardless of whether it's drinking or gambling or Snickers. Right. Because two things, two things will happen. Either you're one, you're going to be completely honest with yourself and you're going to be, this is exactly what is going to happen. Because if you're going to lie to yourself and do the opposite, then it's more like you're convincing yourself that you're not going to do those things. And maybe that's an option this time. Like maybe you are going to pump yourself up and you are only going to really have that one drink because you told yourself, because we're the writer of our story, right? We always say that we're our own narrator. We get to choose our story. So when we play that story on our head, either we're really honest and we pick the worst case scenario and that is what happens, or we lie to ourselves or we're convincing ourselves. So we're not lying. We're trying to convince ourselves that that's not how the movie really looks. Mm-hmm. 
But then maybe you do, like maybe you do only eat that thing and you do keep it in control. So that was a win that time. So the, it, it doesn't have to be, it's not always um, a loss, right? It can be a win right. too, where we right. can um, plan it out, can be like, okay, this is what it usually looks like. And it's really shitty, <laughs> but this is what it could look like. Yeah. And I'm going to try and do it this way. Yep. Does that make sense? Yeah. That That's when you were described, I'm like, I like that because you're making a, you're, you know how that movie plays out in your head because it's probably played out a million times before like this. And you right. now are making a choice of like, I can either go by eating this, I can either go down this path or whatever the thing is. I can either go down that path, I can avoid it completely, or I can go somewhere in the middle of like, this time I'm actually like, say it's Snickers. Um, I'm actually only going to have one. I'm going to be satisfied and I'm going Snickers satisfies. Don't copyright me on that. Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but you can have just that piece and then it's like a whole new path. So, but right. you at least played it out. Like it's not, mm -hmm. it's not a skill. Like some of these like coping skills and stuff. It's like, this is how to avoid this thing completely. This is just right. like, no, here's your choices. Right. Yep. And you have ownership and that's, we have choices every day, every hour, every minute. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And so I could, that would help develop personal responsibility um, and a lot of other really important skills for ending up reaching your end goals. Yeah, for sure. It really, it does. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. So you have client, what other kinds of clients do you generally work with? So I have a handful of men that I will work with, okay. but only super dedicated men. Like men are hard to work with, especially the, <laughs> the, the female to male relationship can be yes. very interesting. Right. Um, because I was, you know, a, a dancer for 10 years. And I don't shy away from that. Um, I still do. Um, I go into our town, they have a studio that has bowls. And, you know, I use that as my mental health. I, I really enjoy that. Um, but I also have to make sure that there's there's a definite line that mm -hmm. that's not crossed. Like I don't do that anymore. Right. Yep. So if, if you're a man and you want to be a client, it's it, it's strictly like, that <laughs> I am very, your coach. Very professional. It is very, very professional. But I do enjoy working with men, and I do enjoy working with um, men that are in the military or that were ex-military. I really, because I was in the, I was in the military. I didn't really put that in my bio because it was such a short term, such a short time before pre 9 11. Um, I was in during 9 11, and then I got out. Unfortunately, me in the military uh, didn't work out because I got heat exhaustion too many times down in Texas. I wanted to be security forces. But my body said, no, you're an Alaskan. Get your butt back up to Alaska <laughs> and file some paperwork. So, um, but I, I really do. I like working because like I said, I'm, I'm a all, I'm an all, like I, I like to do all, I, I give it all. Um, but also those types of people need to be told to dial it back. Yes. That you're doing too much. My type of people, we do it all, all of the stuff. And we're trying to do all of the things and we don't put ourselves first or we, or we think that like sleeping is a waste of time mm -hmm. <laughs> or meditating. That's a waste of time 
or there's other things that I could be doing, sitting, holding still and breathing. And I have to explain to them, like, it's not a waste of time because this is actually making you even better of a person. Like, I know you, you're really smart now, like you're super, super smart and you run this it thing and you have this huge, big room and all these things and everything weighs on you, but you have to slow down. You're running hot on empty tank and you have to take those minutes. So I really like working with those clients. It's, it's hard to work working when the pendulum swings the other way, when it's the client that, um, is always looking for the motivation. Yes. Every week they're like, where's the motivation? I don't have motivation. And I'm like, there is no motivation. You just do the thing. Just do it. (laughs) Just, just put one foot in front of the other and go. (laughs) So, um, I like to work more with the people that are doing too much and need to be kind of told like, it's okay to get 15,000 steps. (laughs) You don't have to get 17. Like let's strive for maybe 12 this week. Um, so, uh, yeah, men and women, but I, I do, gosh, I, I have such a love for both of them in different areas. You know, each one of them sparks a different joy because they're not the same people, but they're different. Coaching men and women is two totally different beasts more often than not. Like there's some people who kind of fall in the middle there, but more often than not, it's that it's two totally different coaching styles. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, sometimes I feel, I get more nervous when I have to be bluntly honest with my ladies, or if I feel like they're challenging me, um, like challenging my coaching, Mm -hmm. it it gives me anxiety. It makes me nervous when I have to have that with a woman, but with a man, I'm just like, stop, shut up and listen to me. Like, they don't, they don't, I don't get that anxiety kind of, I don't mm-hmm. get nervous. Does that make sense? So. Yes. Well, but I still especially- love working with women. Like I love working. I love my lady clients. Like when, when they're just kicking ass and it just, it lights me up. I love them too. Well, it's the different ways like men and women respond to things. Like if you're working with ex military men, like they might challenge you, but they also like you are their coach. So you're an authority figure. So they also respect you. So they'll challenge you, but you tell them, shut the fuck up and go do this. Ah, shit. Okay. Right. They don't question. They don't, yeah, they're not, they just. And nothing wrong. Whereas with women, generally you have to provide a little bit more emotional support or maybe go into the whys of things. Mm -hmm. And then there's, there's obviously crossover. There's women who are more like the guys I just described and men who are more like the women. Um, Correct. But more often than not, there's your different extremes and there's nothing right or wrong with it. It's just, like right. when you're coaching both, it's very, very different. And that's yes. where it's like, like you said, if like I have audience members who are listening and they're like, wow, like she doesn't do this with women. Like she might not be the right coach for you. Or if you're like, no, I just need to be told to shut the fuck up and go do this. Then you might be the right coach for them. Like there's reasons. Yeah. There's tons of different coaches. Not everyone's the right fit for everyone. Yeah, I am definitely not the right fit for everybody, 100%. And I've been okay with that since I was a child. Like, my mom has ingrained to me, Leanne, you are not for everybody, but you are for a lot of people. So Yeah, and, 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 and that's I, totally fine. Yeah, because in the, in the same thing goes with when I interview clients, too. Like, I don't just take anybody, you know. Like, it, 
because I don't feel that they would get the most benefit from me. I, mm-hmm. I'm not the right fit for them. Like it, it's not about that. I don't think that I could get them the result. It's that I'm not the best support for them, you know, kind of feeling. Does that make sense? Right. And so it's funny because so much of like what us and like our friends who are coaches, like we all kind of do the same shit, but we like one person might respond to you better than me just because of coaching style. Like, we're going to do the same things. Like we're going to get you to lose weight. We're going to get you in calorie deficit and we're going to have you track macros or do some sort of portion control. We're going to work out X amount of times per week, get your steps in. Well, it's the same shit regardless, <laughs> but the way you say it might click and have that light bulb go off in the client's head, which is like the moments we live for. Like when that happens with the client, you're like, oh, fuck yes. Right. But yeah if they're under me and I can't create that for them, they might still struggle and never, even though it's the same stuff I'm giving them, I could be a carbon copy program. If it never clicks, they won't get results versus if it clicks. And that's where like making sure that the coach you hire is a good fit for you is very important. Don't just like hire anyone. No. Definitely not. And that's the same thing about us with our mentorships, you know, like yeah. we, we need to do our due diligence. And when we hire our own coaches, like, yes. and that's the thing is we hire coaches too. I know all of the information. I know the things, I mean, obviously because we're coaches, but yep. I also would really benefit if I had somebody in my corner every week saying, how'd you do this week, Leanne? And I'm like, once again, <laughs> you know, yep. instead of it just being my own accountability person, um, somebody, External I accountability. Saw, yeah, I recently saw a reel about, um, being corrected and how every, like people like LeBron James and Michael Jordan and Serena Williams, they all had coaches that, that corrected their form that told them what they did wrong on the field. And we need that too. And to try and correct your own self is doesn't work as well as having somebody. no. You're you have biases and you're more mm-hmm. emotionally invested. It's not to say like your coat, like I am definitely emotionally invested in my clients. I only want them to succeed, but at the same time, like all I care about is them succeeding. Like, how can I help you? Mm-hmm. to get to where you want to go. That's my only purpose with this person. So if you're trying to be a, your own accountability partner, like you have so much shit going on in your head that you're never going to be unbiased. Mm-mm. No. Versus having someone else there who like their only job is to help you. Right. Yeah. Get your goals that you want to get like that. That's why you hired them. That's their yep. only purpose it's awesome to have that. And okay, I have to report to this person I didn't do well with. And you don't have to like, have fear of judgment or anything. They just get right. back to you like, okay, that's the like, biggest thing. Last week was a wash. Like, okay, what, what can we do this week? What can we learn from last week? Why was it? Okay, well, let's move on to this week. What can we do better this week? Awesome. Let's do that. I think that's really important to have a coach that you can be authentically honest with. That's not going to judge you. That's because we, our lives are messy. They, they're not just checking off boxes and they're not super clean. Like our lives are messy. And to be able to have a coach that's not going to judge you for that. And that's just going to be in your corner and say, Oh yeah, well, that was a shitty week. All right, let's move forward. Let's do. Okay. So how can we 
if that were to happen again, what can we do differently the next time it rolls around? Because odds are it's probably going to happen again. So let's how it. Let's assess how it went. Let's look at how we could make it a little bit better. And then, you know, maybe it'll happen again. And yeah, we'll have a little That's bit a mistake a lot of people make. It's like, it was a shitty week. I'm just going to pretend it doesn't happen. Like, no, like, <laughs> look at that week. What the fuck went wrong with that week? What can you learn? Because it's probably going to happen again. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Putting blinders on does not, it, and, and looking at it as data, not judgment. It's not a pass or a fail. And that's sometimes uh, what my clients struggle with is that perfection. They they want yes. perfection. It, it has to be perfect. It, and I have to say, it's not about per- perfection. It's not, we, no. we don't, it's just, let's look at, yeah, but we can't turn our blind eye to it. You didn't fail. It wasn't a fail because there's so much data that we can gain from this. So that's the win is that we gain the data from it. And yeah. let's dissect what that data looks like. Exactly. Yeah. It's not, it's not a pass fail class you had in college or you're not getting like a letter grade for like middle school, like <laughs> going in front of a judge or something. Yeah. It, going to the yeah, like, principal's oh, office. That's an F it's okay. Like it's more like scientific research. Like, yeah. That experiment failed. No, that experiment showed us that mm-hmm. this didn't work. However, there's still something going on. Let's d- do the experiment again, but change this variable. Yep, Holy exactly. Fuck, now it worked. Yep. I'm going to hypothesize this. Yeah, just yeah. like when we were kids and we had to make the diagrams of the different <laughs> yes. stages of here's your hypothesis, here's your solution. I, there was another one you're data gathering or whatever. That's how I look at all. Every time I do my client check-in, that's what we, that's how my brain works is science. It's data. It's not judgment on your character as a person or how hard you worked because I know 90% of my clients work really hard. Yes. There's always the one that slips through the interview process that ends up not being the one that works very hard. Well, I think that's also a misconception a lot of people have when hiring coaches they think okay i'm gonna hire a coach and results are magically gonna come and no matter what your coach is that's Mm -hmm. never gonna it's always gonna be work on your end your coach is just there to guide you so you don't waste time right working hard on things that won't get you results like yep that's the worst your coach is just there to be like yeah don't do that why because i've done that and didn't work Right. Well, because yeah. the, the data we have shows that it's a waste of time. Let me save you five years yes. of two hours a day of cardio. Yeah, exactly. I'm just going to do cardio and eat uh, zero carbs. Yeah, let's not do that. Let's do this instead. Let's get some resistance training. Let's have some carbs and get results and feel good. Oh, now we have sustainable weight loss instead of like, total burnout and like your hormones just plummeting. Oh yeah. Yep. I thought that having your morning shake, you know, your fruits and vegetables smoothie with your chia seeds and flax seeds and spranilla for breakfast was super, you know, and then having a tiny lunch and then making everybody dinner and just eating off of everybody's plates and drinking my drinks. Yeah. That doesn't work. That doesn't. It doesn't, doesn't work. work. Fortunately, I'm seeing less of that out there, but it's still out there. Oh yeah. There's People some of my that. clients, they, they also have to have, unfortunately to the baby boomer generation and their diet culture with the Suzanne Summers the exercising, yes. the cabbage soup diets, the, Ooh. 
right? The, just the things that their parents made them do. And now here we are in our forties and we're like, but my mom told me I should have cabbage soup and that's how we lost weight and run all the time. Like un- have, unlearning um, these horrible 1980s, yes. 90s, awful. I mean, the men got it down right, but the women, we they just like, if we would have just done what the men were doing, it had just been lifting weights this whole time. Like my mom, actually, she went to the Gold's Gym. My mom was not a cardio bunny. She used to lift weights. And I don't know how I missed that. <laughs> well, that's like the dif- difference between like the women's health magazines and the men. women's health yeah. magazines. Have this salad and one hard-boiled egg right. for lunch. Men's magazine. Eat a 12-ounce ribeye, uh-huh. a baked potato, and um, a cup of blueberries because that's supposed to help your brain and give you a hard-on. Wait, what? <laughs> What's the difference here? Why Why are we telling women to like starve themselves and men are like, eat all this food? It's like, yeah. it's, it's way more than dope, but that that's the, the difference. And to your point, I have someone that I've been good friends with for a long time. I've tried to help her many times with diet, but she has that 1980s mentality of like the low fat, but she also has like the early 2000s mentality of like no carbs. So then she comes to me and I give her diet. She's like, I can't eat that many carbs. So there, there's a point with coaching where you like, you have to like work with where the client's at. Mm-hmm. So if um, those of you listening, if you've we're like, why is this person here? And why is this person like this person's diet's different? Is that better? It's no, it's just like, we're like working with where mentally a person's currently at. Yeah. Yep. So I'll drop her carbs down, but bump her fat. And she's like, wait, no, like fats are bad. Like, so what, what are you eating? Like chicken <laughs> breast and salad. And when you explain it like that, it's like, here's the calories you need to eat. Like here, here's everything you need to eat. If you just eat what you're going to say you're going to eat, what it's going to be 600 calories a day, but you can't survive. So, no. and that, that's a huge mental barrier. Like a lot, a lot of women have yeah. like fats are bad. Carbs are bad. Even proteins for building muscle. And what the fuck are you eating? Yeah. One of my clients, she has that mentality as well, where she hurt. We're trying to get her to her maintenance calories. She, um, yes. So the first little while I had her just track, like, what are you eating? Like, I'm not telling you what to eat. I'm not telling you what your macros are supposed to be. Just what are you doing right now? And she was barely, you know, barely, barely eating. And then I showed her what her maintenance calories was and that it scared the shit out of her. Cause she's mm-hmm. like, there's, there's no way that I can or will eat that amount. So we lowered that down. And even then she was like, I, I can't, I, I, I can't get my brain to wrap around the idea that I will lose weight by eating this much mm-hmm. that that is a deficit for that, that cause it was, it would have been a deficit from her maintenance calories. Cause we were trying to fully get her up there. Yes. Um, not put her in a deficit. We were trying to get her to her maintenance and she still, and I said, so I had to work with her. I said, what is a safe number for you in your head? What is that number? And she gave me that number and I said, okay, then let's start with there. Let's yep. get that number consistently. That's where my thing is, is it, it, it's the consistency. It, it, consistency, 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 so much, way more than um, perfection, but just trying sure. to be a routine and doing that because that's what gives our body the safe feeling. 
And then once we can get to safely feeling that body, then we'll bump it up by a hundred calories or something, you know, just very, very slowly and get her to there because it is a mentally, because her mom came from that culture and her mom still pokes her belly. Like she saw her the other day. It's not okay. And she was like, Oh, look at you. You're, are you finally losing weight and poke poke? And I was just like, I would have slapped her hand. Like I cannot yeah, even that, imagine your mother doing that to you. Yes. Don't do that. Don't, don't ever do <laughs> that, that to anybody awful. ever. I don't care who they are to you. Don't ever poke anybody. Yeah. Yeah. You can slap their ass. You can grab their ass, but don't poke people. Don't, don't poke the belly. Don't Pillsbury Doughboy. Right. <laughs> um, so. Maintenance count. So I get the same thing with clients and they only believe me once they go through it, but that reverse diet process of here's what your maintenance calories are. And I just, I calculate it and I show them as like, we're going to get up to this. And they're like, no fucking way. Like I can't eat that much and not like I'm going to gain weight. And then you go through the process like, wait, I didn't gain weight. I didn't gain a single pound and I ate all of this. Like yeah. eating so much food. It's like, yeah, that's, that's how much food your body's supposed to eat to function properly. That's why you that's have so much bad. energy now. And for a lot of women, that's anywhere between 18 to 2,500 calories. Yeah. Where we've been ingrained to no, have no more than 1,200. <laughs> yeah. 1,200 calories for women. Like, no, it's like 18 is like, you're like 410 and sedentary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. People don't realize how much, um, especially women. Well, I can't speak for a man because I don't, I don't have a man's body and I haven't done the men's research. But when women go into that low fat, low calorie, how much it really disrupts your hormones and things like your hair growth. Like a lot of people with, they think that they have thinning hair and they don't, they just haven't been eating. <laughs> your body has been prioritizing keeping your liver running and functioning. It, yes. it doesn't have the, like your nails are not the priority. <laughs> Men get the dump. Um, so yeah, your men's testosterone level will drop. So they'll get issues with uh, sexual function. They can get issues with like hair falling out. And, but it's easier to notice because they don't have a monthly cycle. Mm-hmm. And generally women have been dieting longer than men. I think the average, like I might be getting this wrong because I don't actually have it in front, the number in front of me, but I think most women like start their first diet at like age 16. And I believe men are like way late. Like it might be even college. closer to like their thirties. Yeah. Po- like, probably I, after college, after, probably after sports college. days. Yeah. yeah. No longer the college days of this. So, and now it's all. Gout. Let's say like probably like 26. So you're talking 10 years later, like mm-hmm. men do their first diet. Women I've been dieting for 10 years by that point. It's like yo-yo dieting and their hormones are. De- so they just think it's normal to feel like garbage and like, I'm just getting older. I'm no longer 18. And that turns into, I'm no longer 28. I'm no longer yeah. 38. And they just yeah. feel like shit, but it's because you're trying to eat 1200 calories and then mm-hmm. you yo-yo and you're eating 2,500 calories of cocktails and pizza. Right. And then you go back to 1200 and yeah, there's yeah. a cycle versus guys are like, yeah, I just like eat what I want. And then they lose weight, eat, not because it's like they're guys, but because they haven't been fucking dieting for 10 years. And then they right. decided to do their first diet. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, it does. Guy, it, and that's thing that is frustrating with men. It, it tends to happen a lot faster once yes. once you get their stuff dialed in. It it comes off a lot faster. Where women are like, "Uh, hello, I'm I'm doing the things. I'm checking off the boxes," and then we're like, "Wait a second, but have you checked stress?" And we're yeah. like, "What? I'm not stressed." <laughs> we're like, "Really? Well." Because guys, I mean, it's not that guys don't get stressed, but as women, I, I don't know, we be moms and stuff, put a lot on our plate. Um, so I had cur- currently have a client. So if she's listening, I'm using you as an example. Um, but she, so she, she's now a stay at home mom, but um, she, she doesn't know how stressed she is because she used to work on the floor of Wall Street as a trader. Oh, Jesus. Like, so it's equivalent. <laughs> she is so numb to what stress is because her mm-hmm. she like she was at a 12 out of 10 on the stress scale for so many years yeah. that she now like if she's high stress, like she just feels like that's normal. So she's literally like, I'm not stressed. Meanwhile, I can see like her whole body's tense. I'm like, no, like you are really fucking stressed right now. You yeah. need to chill out. I'm not stressed. No, no, you are. You are. <laughs> I'm not going to say it because it's just going to stress you out more. Right. So we're going to go another round. But yeah, this be- week, I really want you to prioritize breathing exercises. Yes. Breathing and sleep this week. <laughs> yeah. But- One of my clients, she was, sleep is so important. They, it can, it, my client, she was doing that one of those that eating at maintenance and losing weight, right? It was the one that we all love it when that happens. And then we put her into a cut um, after she got to her maintenance and was there for a while. She was in her cut, things were going smoothly. And then she had family come in town. It was either her mom or mother-in-law. Yep. And she only changed her schedule by a little bit um, to get her workouts in, but she was getting around 45 minutes less of sleep. And between having the little bit less of sleep and having the mom in, everything else was perfect. Like all of her stuff was spot on. She's like super spot on everything um, and getting her workouts in, getting steps in. But it was enough that that less. And then once the mom left and I told her to prioritize the sleep again, started to go down again. Yep. So I'm just like, when people argue, I'm like, I'm telling you, sleep, your body, you work really, really hard all day long, your body and your brain are processing so much information. If you do not give it the opportunity to decompress, just like a computer needs to decompress sometimes, your files, you know, like it has to, your brain has to wash out those toxins. It has to, it has to go through all of that data that it perceived the day. Your muscles need a chance to rebuild. If you're not getting good sleep, you're not going to get the muscle repair that you busted your ass in the gym for. Yes. I'd rather that you only worked out for 45 minutes and got the extra 15 minutes of sleep than the extra 15 minutes of a busted ass workout. Does that make sense? Good quality sleep helps reduce stress. Lack of sleep is a stress. There's no middle ground with sleep. It's, it's either helping your body cope with stress or you're not getting enough. And it's a actual stress you're adding to your stress. So pick your poison there. Mm -hmm. And, um, I did, uh, podcast with Dr. Kev. And he was saying like, if you get six hours of sleep, you have a 80% chance of 80% higher chance of getting injured than if you get like eight to nine hours of sleep. Yeah. 80%. 
And I, I don't doubt it one yeah. bit. I, I tell my clients, I'm like minimum seven hours and a half, seven 30. Yeah. Like yeah. when you get seven 15, I'm like, mm. yep. And that's so not just seven. time in bed. Like I know it's such a pain in the ass to have to sleep with our devices. Um, but I really, I, I hate it too. Um, I, but I, I love my aura ring and I love my, it's just again, cause it's data. Cause the time amount in bed isn't always the amount that you are sleeping. Correct. Yep. Yeah. Um, and fun fact, I sleep eat. You sleep eat. Oh, that's mm-hmm. fun. Yep. If I'm not aware and conscious and eat enough through the day, then at nighttime, when I toss and turn, I will wake up and eat handfuls of cashews <laughs> or spoonfuls of peanut butter. And I've done oh, it geez. since my twenties. Mm-hmm. Um, you brought up a point with uh, sleep and detoxing your brain, which that was found out a couple years ago. They found so anyone interested, I can try and find the research study and stuff on this, but your brain doesn't actually get to- rid of toxins during the day. It just kind of shuttles them off into these little channels, which yep. open up for you to detox while you're sleeping. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like you put um, all, you're putting all your trash into the trash can. And then when you go to sleep, that's where you put your trash can out. And then the garbage truck comes by and it actually empties it. Well, yep. if you don't get enough sleep, that's like the garbage truck not coming by. So it's just like, or it's like the garbage truck kind of just like gets rid of like three quarters. Of it dragging the yeah. other pieces along. So it just keeps piling up and the, it's actual toxins. So when we're saying detox, like it's not like we're saying the green drink detox. No, like your bot, this is your body's way to detox. So these are really nasty chemicals that can disrupt your normal brain function and even potentially kill your neurons. So, you know, destroying your brain. Brain fog. sleep. Yeah. Yeah. So it, a lot of times very people important. who's a lot of time people who stop drinking, um, we get what we call like we come out of a brain fog, we come out of this mm-hmm. fog. Um, because a lot of times um w- we drink and we think that it helps our quality of sleep. Like I drink better when I have a couple <laughs> drinks. Or, I mean, I sleep better when I have a couple drinks. But science has shown that your quality of sleep is not. I can't remember which one you don't hit, but you have your I, three. I believe you miss REM sleep. Okay. So then, so you're not getting all of your garbage taken out, right? Yeah. It's, yeah. It, the whole thing's not taken out. So you're functioning through the day. Everything's fine, but you don't realize how much extra garbage that you're carrying around with you throughout the day until you have had, I, I don't know how many, I want to say it's 30 days or 40 days, but it's maybe it might be two weeks. It takes a while for alcohol to fully leave your brain and your body, especially if you are a chronic user, if you are drinking like say five days a week, it takes weeks for it to fully come out and to detox your brain. And then all of a sudden you're like, wow, things are really bright around here. You just, it's, it's, you don't, you don't know unless you know kind of thing. It's mind blowing. And then that's one of the things that you play forward and you don't want to go back to being in that brain fog. So the quality, if a lot of people think that that the alcohol helps them with their sleep, it, it doesn't. No, it, it'll knock you out, but you don't get that deep restorative sleep. You just get like light sleep. 
Yeah. Um, there was a research study I just saw. I don't I don't know if it's a new one or not, but I just saw it was um, they they so a lot of studies show like drinkers tend to live longer and be healthier, but they don't equate for other fact factors like people who drink more might have better socioeconomic status. They might be doing it socially, so they have a better support system. If they have better socioeconomic status, then they eat better, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so this study equated for all of that stuff, and they just found like just one drink a day reduced the gray matter in your brain. So over a, a long period of time, but chronic drinkers at just one drink a day, so not even like that much. Um, yeah. Same age as someone who's a non-drinker, which is not the easiest thing to find, apparently. <laughs> I'm not surprised, but not easy to find. That. But yeah, they reduce gray matter across the board it's like that's not like it's not much one of the reasons why they didn't um so during the lockdowns you were still able to get alcohol <laughs> yeah and you're able to all of a sudden buy alcohol at restaurants and drive home with alcohol and that was a thing in a lot of places the reason why they did not shut down alcohol was because if they were would have the country would have a whole nother pandemic yeah, because so many people that are so many people addicted. and and don't know that the withdrawals would it would fill and the it, it would be huge. Bad. So yeah. they had they they were like, we're not gonna you guys can still have your alcohol. <laughs> Nobody go through withdrawals while this other stuff is going on right now. We can't handle two things at once. Well, they so. did so they left that and then other places. Um, so like in Pennsylvania, all the, most of the liquor store, well, actually all the liquor stores, you can buy beer and wine in some places, but everything's government run. So everyone's like, what well, the government shut down. Like, why are they doing it? It's like, well, no, because people would just be driving across state borders to get alcohol. So right. we, same thing, like yep. we, people will do this and spread. So yeah. we're going to keep it open yeah. for better or for worse. Yep. But yep. their thing was. Hospitals are already taxed. We right. don't need people yeah, going in with no. withdrawal symptoms. No. I mean, there's, a, a, yeah. 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 Without talking about it too much. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's a really unfortunate situation. It is. Um, but it's also like, if you're like listening in, you're like, holy shit, like I still drink. So uh, there's a lot of negatives with it. Um, so the poisons in the dose so, yes. Yeah. hundred percent. There's, I envy the people that can just have a glass of wine. Like they, yep. they just, and they do sip on it and it lasts them their whole meal and, and they enjoy the, the smell of it and the thing like that. Like, that's awesome that you have that skill. I do not. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't. Some people will do better eliminating completely other people. Maybe mm -hmm. it's just like on the weekends you drink like Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you have a couple drinks. Like it, it comes down like, the dose makes the poison. So if you're drinking three drinks a night, every single night of the week, that's a problem and an expensive problem because you're literally paying for poison. Yeah. Yeah. You can get really cheap at it. I mean, they got some cheap $2, 9% beers out yeah, there. No, no. no. <laughs> Have you seen, uh, you probably haven't seen, but the newest thing going on and it actually works is putting cheap, whiskey or vodka through like a Brita filter and it makes it taste better. Like, wait, so 
So Dad taking like a monarch, <laughs> like, like a well wait, whiskey. Uh, I forget what they use. It was it was bottom shelf though. It was yeah stuff like Ooh. you're in college and even in college you're like this stuff is good. We're gonna be hungover tomorrow. Um, but yeah, people are doing. Yeah. They're like, holy shit, it's actually drinking. So it's like, what shit is in that? That's so toxic. God, that's awful. Yeah. All right. Well, we have been going for an hour, so I'm not going to keep you too much longer here. But is there anything else you wanted to bring up today? Um, I guess just uh, if you if somebody is on the sober train and they do want to you know, that I encourage you to, to entertain that, to, to try and do the sober thing, even if it's try and do it for 30 days and then try and see if you can do it for 60 days and see if you can do it for a little bit longer. And if you don't have support out there, you're more than welcome to reach out to me and I'll support you in any way that I can. And where can people are not alone. No, find me. Yes. Find you. Where, (laughs) where can they find Uh, you you at? You can find me on Instagram. It's Leanne. So my dad decided to spell it very uniquely and it's very inconvenient, <laughs> but I guess now people will remember. So it's L-E-I-G-H-A-N-N dot coach. And then on Facebook, it's just Leanne Hutchinson. And then I'm making a website. So it's nice. going to be www.leanne.coach. There we go. Yeah. Nice. So just so. reach out in my DMs. Make sure if you're Instagramming DM me, you keep it appropriate or Instagram will put you in the inappropriate pile. Yeah, that's tough to find. And then you have a Facebook community as well, correct? Yes, I do. Uh, tone for no. Oh, gosh, it's now you're going to make me on the spot. You've you've had a few changes. I have. Your business yep. has evolved. So, so it's Tone Forever Fat Loss Method for women over thirty. It is okay. a women only community. Sorry, men, it's it's not for you. It's just for women. So, okay. if you're a guy, so, if you're a guy, hit her up on Instagram. Instagram hit the follow button. Women, you can do Instagram or you can go join her Facebook community, which is free. Absolutely. One or two live trainings per week or more, yep. maybe. We're doing one this week on road tripping because I am about to road trip to Minnesota from right. Washington. Right. In a diesel truck. Oh, that'll be fun. It's going to be amazing. And I'm meal prepping and I'm making sure that I have my creatine and my protein and all the things. Even though there's gas station, I'm going to make a little guide like how to make good choices when we go to the gas station. Okay. Nice. Yeah. There's times that when you're traveling, your spouse will be like, all right, we're going to go get breakfast. And then he pulls up to the gas station. He's like, here's breakfast. And you're like, okay, <laughs> cool. Gas station breakfast. How am I going to hit my macros? <laughs> all right. So make sure you guys go check out Leanne. And um, this is going to be coming out either end, probably early December. So if you guys are trying to do the dry January and you need some tips, it's yeah. definitely a person to hit up to help you through that process. Yes, you are not alone. You're not alone. We make mistakes, but we can be better. Definitely. Well, thank you for coming on, Leanne, and we'll definitely have to do this again. Awesome. Thank you.